I'm Chara Santilli. I was born with ambition. My parents were entrepreneurs and I pushed myself to be high school valedictorian, class president, most artistic, and most likely to succeed. The summer I turned 19, we celebrated my dad's 50th birthday with a hot air balloon ride. A crash landing left him with a broken neck, me with a broken heart, and my mom coping through alcohol. My relentless ambition helped me become a successful entrepreneur, yet my own private paralysis and overachiever addiction ruled me. I finally ventured on a quest for my best life. I found the path of my inner peace, how to stay on it and how to show the way for others. Now it's your turn. Ready to take that load off your shoulders? Join me so you can cherish your life. So today, if my voice sounds a little different than normal, it is because I have a lot of congestion going on and I am trying, was trying to put this off recording this as long as possible. Um, but I'm going to need to swallow a little more frequently, take a little drink here and there and, um, just bear with me and know that this is normally I have a little clearer sounding voice. It's definitely better than a couple days ago, but in, um, in relation to the title of today's episode, Life Lessons from My Time as a Dancer, you know, in the dance world, we have a saying, you know, the show must go on. So there we go. Literally, this show must go on in spite of my congestion. So five life lessons that I learned as a dancer. Let me back up and tell you, first of all, the dance studio was where I was after school nearly every day in junior high and high school and many of my weekends too. I did jazz and ballet at the Tri-Cities Academy of Ballet in Richland, Washington, Washington State. And the owners who were also my teachers uh, were Joel and Deborah, still are, and they are like family to me. I lived there so much, like it was like another home to me. Many big moments happened while I was at the studio because I literally would go there right after school, study, and then do class and rehearsals and things. And so I was there for many hours, every day, every week. And I mean, talk about big moments in my life. And when I started thinking about doing a podcast episode about my time as a dancer, um, you know, a lot of these memories came flooding back. And so now I'm going to share with you five life lessons from my time as a dancer. So number one, it's often best to mold something to fit you instead of molding yourself to fit it. So this is a fun story. One of the things I carried in my dance bag was a rubber mallet, like, like a rubber mallet, like a hammer type of a object, a rubber mallet. Are there any prior ballerinas out there listening? If so, can you take a guess at what this is about? If you have no clue, you're probably not alone. Probably most people have no idea what I'm about to say, but I would get a new pair of point shoes. Those are the type of ballet shoes that enable someone to go up on their toes and they come stiff as heck when you first get them. It's basically fabric and glue, layers of fabric and glue, and they are like stiff as a board. You need to break them in and mold them to your feet, to your own feet. 
So we all had different techniques for doing that. If you Google it to this day, you can see um, how some professional ballerinas do this and how many they go through. I mean, they go through them like so multiple in a week. Um, Mine would last months because of the amount of time I was dancing compared to a professional. But I would take that rubber mallet and I would hammer the crap out of those shoes, the the shoe box that would go around my foot. Um, you'd bend the arch, you know, with your hands, and then um, you'd crank that to get it to the the, the arch that you you liked and that would work the best. And we got tips on this from Deborah, of course, too. But then I used that rubber mallet and I would literally beat the crap out of them. And I still have that mallet. I don't use it on any shoes anymore, but it's in my studio now, a home studio I have that's for random craft and household needs is what I use it for now. But the metaphor is it's often best, let me go revisit what I said at the beginning, it's often best to mold something to fit you instead of molding yourself to fit it. So there's no way we would put those shoes on and just start dancing. I mean, you need to do some kind of adjustment to them to make them fit your foot. And so if we look at life, often the people-pleasing side of us kicks in and we mold ourselves to fit whatever circumstances arise or whatever our culture dictates as the appropriate behavior for the moment. But sometimes, oftentimes, that's really not the best thing for you. So you need to take time to recognize what would work best for you And then how do you get that to adjust for you? You can make requests to arrange certain things. You can negotiate as needed. You can set boundaries. You know, there's all kinds of things that we can do to mold something to fit us better. Yet, we often don't take the time to do that. Here's one simple example. The structure of your day for your best health and best productivity and enjoyment in life, for me, That's no calls before 10 in the morning. Now, I fought myself on this for a while because I had labeled myself as a quote-unquote morning person, yet I also apparently also had labeled myself as being a morning person, which means, therefore, I must get a lot of work done early in the morning too. Well, that wasn't exactly a healthy way to live and led me to a lot of challenges that I needed to um, sort out over time, which I have. So now I have shifted that. And I look at it as I really like my mornings. I like to be up a few hours before anyone else. I like the quiet and the serenity to allow all my systems to slowly wake up and get on board. I like hearing the birds outside. I just love, I really love that time of day. And I also function better and have a more enjoyment in my day and I'm more calm if I don't have any calls before 10. So now any calendar scheduling links I give out don't have any time options before 10 a.m. And if I have calls later in the day, then they have to end before five because I'm usually wrapping things up at my desk when my husband Don gets home around 5.30. 30-ish. So then I can have a snack, change my clothes, and get in the gym with him by six. That end of daytime is 
important not only for my recommitment to my health as of last year, it's also family time. It's become a fun time for us together and to to connect. And and our dog loves to chase her ball around the gym with us too. So I've like literally a full family time for for the three of us. Um, so the question to ask yourself is, where can you mold something in your life to fit you versus the other way around? Where do you have more say or more control than you let yourself believe you have? Because you probably do have more control in some of these things. You just have told yourself a story that you don't. So look at that. Be open to it. So that's my my first lesson. Lesson number two is about focus. So in dance, when I would feel off balance or couldn't get into a rhythm, um, like in dance class, when I think back to childhood, my dad would stop by to watch and he would stand there outside the door and he'd put a finger to his forehead watching me in class when he could tell I was a little off. And that was a reminder to me to focus. He would just you know, it would just be a prompt, a visual prompt, and it, it was supported me. And years later, in Fearless Living, which is my foundation for my coaching certification, um, I found that focus is one of my proactive behaviors that moves me from fear to freedom. Well, looking back, it actually, you know, that made a lot of sense to me because it helped me in dance class and I can see how it helps me in life. So it could be a little fear moment, like sitting down to create and outline some podcast episodes when I'm feeling just like, ooh, at the start of something, to beginning of being creative and putting my words together. Some of the fearful voices may come up and try to put it off for various reasons or tell me different things that are not very supportive for me in the moment. But so that's like a little fear moment that focus can come in handy. And I'll tell you more about that in a a sec. Or it could be a big fear moment. Like when I was spinning in circles soon after my mom tried to commit suicide while she was highly intoxicated, like big fear moment, spinning in circles, very fearful and I remember my calling my therapist and at the time she, her message was essentially focus, like one foot in front of the other, just one thing. What's the next best step in that moment that's going to calm me that, that I can do that's manageable. So whether it's a little fear that comes up probably every day in one way or another or multiple times per day about different things for us, something like that little fear moment I mentioned. The focus can be, in that sense, being gentle, careful to not label myself as procrastinating because I hadn't sat down to start creating and outlining the podcast episodes in, in that example, checking in with what would support me. In that moment, it turned out I needed a hot shower, some tea, and I realized I would enjoy the process of getting started. It's the getting started moment that's challenging for me, not necessarily once I'm in it. But if I took my laptop outside, 
one of the things I talk about in episode number two, if you want to go back and listen to that one, if you haven't yet, is titled From Overwhelmed to Empowered. I talk about asking various questions, including where can I do this to make it more enjoyable? And in this case, the where was taking my laptop outside and it made it lovely. Nice breeze, the birds even louder out there. I sat up my dog Heidi on a blanket next to me. It was just lovely and made it very enjoyable to dive in. Now with the bigger fear, when I talked about that example, well, in that moment, the focus showed up as simplifying and breaking something down into the tiniest steps to make it manageable. Just one step at a time, she said, one foot in front of the other, which is also similar to a dance, step by step, literally just one step at a time. What's the one next best step? So focus. Focus is lesson number two. Now I'm going to have a little sip of tea here. Hang on. Okay. Lesson number three, loosen up and stretch frequently physically and emotionally and like listen to your body and don't wait till it's screaming at you to do that because I certainly have many a time still is a challenge for me now and I'm better I'm better at taking moments to take breaks circle my neck in my chair stand up I notice when my dog gets up and stretches and I admire that and try to model after that um so really loosen up, stretch frequently. I remember we would have, um, I don't remember how often these would happen, but we loved when Deborah would surprise us with a class where it was literally just a stretch class for a whole hour instead of going over routines or learning things and doing some other stuff. We got to give our brains a break and stretch like serious stretching, partner stretching, if you watched us, you'd think that we were doing some, you know, like almost probably <laughs> mild torture to each other because the way we would get the leg up near the ear and just like seriously m- massive stretching to the extreme. So um, fun memory that I have there. But basic loosen up, loosen up, don't take things so seriously, stretch, stretch frequently, physically and emotionally apply this lesson. Loosen up and stretch. Okay, number four is about balance. In dance and in life, balance is not static. It is fluid. It requires constant realignment, constant kind of getting a little off balance, coming through balance, going one way, going another, finding the center here, finding the center there. And Balance is something that I know a lot of people want more of, and it can feel really tricky to find. And that's something that I focus a lot of my work in, and I can help you more with that. Quick side note before I get to lesson number five. About balance, I have a short seven-minute training video where I focus on your first step to better life balance. So if you want to have a a lesson specific about starting to get better life balance, go to cherisyourlife.com forward slash free training. Overall, 
My theory on balance is that it's about aligning ourselves, our body, mind, heart, and soul. And there's ways to start doing that. It doesn't have to be this really hard thing to do. It doesn't have to be something that is um, unattainable. It really is possible. So balance is constant realignment. You know, it's not just, oh, ta-da, got everything figured out. I'm in balance. It doesn't work that way in dance. It doesn't work that way in life. Uh, There would be some moment, I remember, handful of times I did, I think the most I ever did quadruple pirouette, I think, a turn, one, you know, uh, one leg straight down, uh, the other one toe up to the knee when you see someone turn like that is a pirouette. And I think the most I ever did was four, maybe I did five once, I'm not sure. I know I did four a handful of times. And the balance, the centered feeling that I had to be a able to go around four times in a row quickly, whip my head around in the, that, that centered place that was literally, we would talk about like a string through our entire spine from down in the toe on the floor, touching the floor all the way up through your head, just like a, a long string and just stretch it. And to have that feel so centered so that you could actually flip around that fast four times. It was a remarkable feeling, remarkable. And it was a moment. It was a moment. And then the next step came and I'd come out of it and something else would happen. And it was such a joy to have that experience. And yet it was a moment because it's fluid. So life and dance, not static, not ever a way to have a hundred percent in balance, but you find these moments and you find a way so that you're, you realign constantly and with much more ease. Now the fifth lesson, I found that it, the best way to sum this one up is just to share a quote with you. So today's closing quote is lesson number five. This quote is by Wayne Dyer. When you dance, your purpose is not to get to a certain place on the floor. It's to enjoy each step along the way. I hope you're enjoying my Cherish Your Life podcast. If this is supporting you in any way, please review, subscribe, and share it with friends and family. You can follow me on social media at Cherish Your Life, and my website is cherishyourlife.com. Yep, my name's unique. Here's an easy tip for you to pronounce and spell it. It's like the city, Paris, but with a CH. Special thanks to my dear friend, Paul Soyuljis, who enhanced and mixed the musical track. Little did we know back in college in the 90s, while my then boyfriend, now husband, and I listened to Paul riff on his guitar, that he'd be helping me decades later give a creative touch to something called a podcast.